Welcome to Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the challenges and opportunities facing the global food supply chain and speak with experts working to support a planet of plenty. Dr. Ranveer Chandra is the chief scientist at Microsoft Azure Global, and among the projects he is currently leading is FarmBeats, where he is principal researcher. The goal is to enable data-driven farming with the aim of improving yield and reducing costs while ensuring sustainability. Dr. Chandra joins us from Seattle. Thanks for being here, Dr. Chandra. Thank you for having me. And let's begin, if we could, by laying out some fundamentals. There is this imperative to increase the world's food production by 70 percent by 2050. What is driving this effort? As you know, the world's population is increasing. There is more urbanization. More and more people are moving to cities. And there is a need to feed this growing population of the world. That is, the amount of land is not increasing, the amount of arable land, the water levels are going down, the soils are not getting any richer. So then the question is, how can we feed this growing population of the world? To And not just feed them food, just give them food, but give them good food and grow this food in a sustainable way. I mentioned data-driven farming. How does that differ from traditional agriculture? Yeah, a lot of decisions a grower makes is based on guesswork. So when I started this project, I went and talked to several growers. What I realized is that growers, as producers, they know a lot about their farm. They've been farming there for decades, in some cases, even centuries. Like there was one farmer who could feel the soil and see what's going on. There was another farmer who could taste the soil and see what's going on. But even though they knew a lot about their farm, a lot of decisions they made was based on guesswork. Like, for example, how much water to apply, where to apply, what seeds to put, when to fertilize, when to harvest, when to plant. A lot of these decisions are based on guesswork. If this guesswork was replaced with data and data-driven insights, like our vision is, if you could take a farmer's knowledge and augment it with data and data-driven insights, you could enable a future of agriculture that is more productive, you could grow more, that is more profitable because you would reduce costs, you would use less inputs, less water, less uh, less pesticide. It's also better for the environment for the same reasons, that is you're not wasting water, you're not wasting pesticide. So that is what we mean by data-driven agriculture, the ability to use data to augment a farmer's knowledge so that farmers are more profitable and are using sustainable practices for their farming. I'm imagining a field of crops and perhaps one corner of it or one section of it is uh, usually drier than other sections of it. And that can be difficult to detect. Are what we t- is what we're talking about here being able to detect areas that differ, for example, that need more moisture or less moisture, that kind of thing? Yeah. So you, you're then able to, like, for example, anything which you ideally, if you were to farm properly, you would have sensors everywhere. You would be able to see what's going on throughout the farm. Wherever there is stress, you'll be able to respond to it in a timely way. With And that's very difficult to do. Like for the, right now, mostly you don't know what your entire farm looks like. With data-driven agriculture, we can give you that view of what your farm looks like at any instant in time, not just in terms of imagery, maybe even in terms of sensors, for example, what might be happening below the surface. So one, you'll be able to detect 
what's going on. And second, you might be able to diagnose why are you seeing what you're seeing so that you can then take corrective action and fix that. And exactly to your point, that is, there could be parts of the farm which are very different than the others in different ways. For example, it could be in terms of crop stress. It could be in terms of nutrients. It could be uh, in terms of moisture, water stress. And to be able to flag that in a timely way so that you can take corrective action is where data can help. Okay, tell us about the Farm Beats Project. How does this work? The Farm Beats Project started in research, and the goal was exactly what we discussed. How do you take guesswork out of agriculture? How do you enable growers to take more decisions based on data and data-driven insights? And towards that, we have been developing various methods, both in terms of uh, the Internet of Things, being able to get data from the farm, from different sources about the farm. For example, you could have sensors and drones and tractors in the farm. You could have satellite data, weather data, all of this data, being able to bring all of that together in one place in the cloud and bring the benefits of cloud and artificial intelligence on top of that data so that you can then start driving insights to the growers. And that is what we have been doing through the Farm Beats project, coming up with new ways to bring data from remote parts for example, using new connectivity technologies, being able to leverage unused TV channels to send and receive data so that even if you have no internet right now, you could then use this new method to start sending data using technologies such as edge compute. That is, if you have a camera somewhere in the farm, sending all that data to the cloud will take a long time, will need a lot of bandwidth. You could instead be doing a lot of processing on the farm itself using edge compute. And then when you bring all of this data to the cloud, we are are bringing new artificial intelligence tools to be able to merge different data streams. For example, you could be having very few sensors in the farm. We then use artificial intelligence to start predicting what these sensor values would be in other places where you don't have sensors. So that at low cost, you can then start building these detailed maps of the farm. So with the Farm Beats project, that's what we are building. We are building this platform for data-driven agriculture, the ability to bring data from different variety of streams in a way so that you can then start running AI, artificial intelligence techniques on top of that data to drive new insights, to be able to predict things that you otherwise wouldn't know. I'm wondering how can you gather data from farms that have no access to power in the field or connection to the internet for that matter? Yeah, and that's, that's what makes agriculture so fascinating. As you know, my background is in computer science. I'm a computer scientist and I work Mm -hmm. in different areas, not just agriculture. When I started working on agriculture, I realized that the agriculture poses very interesting problems to technology. For example, these farms, many of them do not have any internet. Many of them don't have power. That is, you don't have power outlets where you could plug in your devices. Well, People say you could use solar panels, but then you have to spend a winter in Seattle to realize why that doesn't work. We get very cloudy winters. Mm -hmm. So then to address that problem, we've been developing new methods. For example, one way to get internet from the middle of the farm is using the technology, which I mentioned, called TV white spaces. What the TV white spaces enables is imagine a Wi-Fi that can go several miles. And one of the ways you could get that is if you take a Wi-Fi signal and put them in noisy TV channels. These are TV channels you watch using antennas, over-the-air antennas. You know, when you browse through TV 
On certain channels, you get a transmission. On other channels, all you see is white noise. The interesting thing about that is it, most of these TV towers are in cities. So if you turn on a TV in the middle of a farm, most of the channels are just white noise. While that's not great news for a grower who wants to watch TV, it's great for someone who wants to use that unused TV channels for sending and receiving data. So even if you have 20 TV channels that are available, we are talking of over a few hundred megabits per second of available capacity in the farm. So this is one way in which we are bringing connectivity to the farm. The other thing we are doing is bringing edge compute. That is, this is a scenario where you have, if you have barns where there are multiple cows and you have cameras, rather than sending all the camera data to the cloud, you could have edge compute. Imagine a small computer sitting in the barn or in the farmer's house, which takes all of this data, the camera data, and runs the processing all over there itself so that you could be sitting in your house and monitoring how your cows are doing. You could be getting alerts if a cow is sick, if a cow is not moving very well. And these are, again, things that could be enabled because of these new technologies, TV white spaces, edge compute, the Internet of Things, and we're bringing all of that to agriculture. Well, this is fascinating. Have these technologies been deployed? So these technologies, um, so some of them are Microsoft products. Like, for example, we have Azure IoT, Azure, um, the Edge, the Azure Stack Edge. And uh, in the context of agriculture, we are working on some of these technologies. We have farms where we've deployed TV white spaces. We've deployed edge compute. We are doing all of this intelligence on top. And uh, there are various farms in the U.S. and abroad where we've deployed this and shown the feasibility of this technology. How are you using drones and sensors to map such key data as soil moisture and pH levels? One of the things you want to know, uh, several growers want to know is, uh, how do certain uh, soil properties vary in the farm? How do certain weather properties vary in the farm? And you could get that information using sensors. So these are sensors, for example, you could get from our partners, such as Davis Instruments, Pestle Instruments. But the question then is, where do you put these sensors? And so one of, one of the algorithms we have, an artificial intelligence algorithm we have, is it'll tell you, once you give it a farm boundary, we then get the satellite image for that farm. And then for that, from historically, we look at the satellite imagery for that plot of land and then estimate the best places that you need to put sensors. You could say you have, say, three sensors. It would then use artificial intelligence to decide the best places you put those sensors. Once you put those sensors in the farm, the data then starts going all the way to the cloud. What that means is you could be anywhere in the world and you could turn on your phone and you'll be able to see what your farm looks like, what those sensor values look like. But the question then is if you have, say, um, a thousand acres of, of land and you put just three sensors, it will just tell you three points in the farm. You want to know more. You just don't want to know those three points where you intelligently place the sensors. This is where we use, again, artificial intelligence, where we combine the sensors with aerial imagery, say from drones or satellites. The way we use it is our key insight, and you would be able to relate to it, is that if two parts of the farm look similar, they are likely to have similar values. When I say look similar, it's not just in red, green, and blue, but in multispectral or hyperspectral imagery, they are likely to have similar values. And we incorporate this intuition, this insight, in an artificial intelligence model again, where we combine these small these sensor values 
with aerial imagery, say from satellites or drones, to build a heat map of what your farm looks like. So with very few sensors, by bringing the latest in technology, you're able to visualize what the problems are in different parts of the farm. And then partners, the, the, the companies that we work with, could then start building solutions on top. Once you have this map, you can see how you could build several agricultural advisory solutions, for example, for irrigation, for fertilizer management, for others, on top of this framework to start providing insights to the growers. We've been talking about farming that revolves around crops, around plants. How is the technology being used in animal husbandry, poultry, for example? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. And I recently gave that talk at the Alltech Poultry Conference. You could The same ideas that I talked about could be used for poultry as well. For example, I talked about how in a barn where you have cows, you could be using cameras to determine how the cows are moving around. Imagine like a baby monitor, but for cows. You could then get a notification when a cow is sick so that you can then provide timely intervention to manage the cows. The same things could be used for poultry as well. That is a lot of times when you're in chicken coops, you might not, like, especially when the chicken are young, you want to know how they are doing. You want to know that the conditions are right. You might want to put sensors in the farm. You might want to put temperature sensors, in some cases, humidity sensors. So a similar kind of an IoT system would be beneficial for poultry too. In fact, we are taking it a step further. One of the projects we did, this was with the University of Washington, is where we were looking at acoustic information. That is, instead of cameras, well, cameras can't see through obstructions, we were looking at putting microphones in, in, a, in, in chicken coop. And the system that the students built was called Cluck AI, where they had these, these microphones, and then by looking, by observing the sound patterns of chicken, you could tell when a chicken is in stress. And that would be an information that you could flag to a farmer saying, hey, go, there's something wrong. Maybe there is predation going on. The chicken are not happy for whatever reason. And this, is, this could help uh, poultry farmers be more profitable, avoid damage, which otherwise it would be just hard to monitor. And there are many more use cases too. And this is where I really enjoy talking to farmers. So if there's any farmer who's listening to this podcast and would like to discuss ideas of how technology could be used for poultry farming or other farming practices, would love to get on a call and chat. How can they reach you? Yeah, so best would be to either add me on LinkedIn or send me a mail on ranbir at microsoft.com. And I, I try to get back on email. So would love to talk to more, more growers, more people in the agricultural community to discuss ways in which we can bring the technologies I talked about and many new things to help farmers be more profitable and practice more sustainable practices. Talking about profitability, what about the costs of purchasing and deploying these technologies? How, how do you make it affordable to small farms in particular that might be interested but maybe discouraged by the costs? This is where we want, well, that's one of the other problems with agriculture is you want to be providing a lot of these insights and you want to get data from a lot of places that do not have great connectivity. So you, but you also want to bring the cost of these devices down to a point where they are affordable. And that's been one thread of what we have been trying to pursue as part of our research is ways to bring down the cost of these data-driven agriculture technologies. For example, I talked about 
leveraging TV white spaces for connectivity, leveraging artificial intelligence so that you need much fewer sensors than what you would otherwise need to build out these these maps or farms. And that's been a constant thread of the research themes that we are pursuing at Microsoft in my team. And and we are continuing to push the push the bar even lower, come up with new technologies to make it more and more affordable for the growers. If growers want to use any of these technologies, I think there are solutions, and we are working with partners on building solutions that can be affordable for the growers, that can be at a price point that growers can afford. Because even for us, the eventual question that technology providers and our partners are trying to address is, what is the price of technology such that the return of investment for the grower is much more than the amount that they are investing in these technologies? For example, through sensors or whatever, we want to provide insights that can help the farmer be much more profitable than the amount that they are investing in deploying these technologies in the farm. If any of our listeners would like to actually see this technology in action, is a demonstration available? Yes, Tom. There are a few places where uh, where people can see this in action. Of course, we are working. We have announced partnerships with other companies which are starting to use this technology. For example, we announced this partnership with the USDA, where there is a farm in uh, Beltsville, Maryland, where we have deployed this. We also have a demo farm on Microsoft campus. We do several demos here. There is actually another farm in eastern Washington. This is a 9,000-acre farm spread over uh, 45 miles. And there is a farmer I work with very closely, Andrew Nelson. He's a fifth-generation wheat farmer, and he's been using technology in his farm. He's been using farm beats. He uses TV white spaces. That is because his farm is spread over 45 miles. He could He doesn't have to go everywhere every day. Using the connectivity, he can monitor where what's going on. He uses drones. He uses the drones information, combines that with the leveraging farm beats, and then is able to do the right application, the right uh, intervention at the correct time in his farm. And he there's a video on the farm beats website where he talks about his experiences and how technology has benefited what he's doing in the farm. And in fact, this, his story just tells a very good story even otherwise, that as you probably know, one of the big problems in agriculture is the aging population of the farmers. The next generation of growers don't want to get into farming. And Andrew's story, Andrew is, a, as I said, is a fifth generation farmer, like many other next generation of farmers. He came to Seattle. He did his undergrad in the University of Washington in computer science. And then he worked in the city for a while. And then because of technology, he decided to go back to agriculture. And he's going. he's gone back. He's farming again. He's using technology. He's using all of the latest cutting edge in tech in his farm. And this is a story which, as you can see, it appeals to many farmers of the next generation, the younger farmers, where you can then start using the latest in technology for your farm to see the benefits of how, how technology can help you farm better, help you produce more. And in the process, you're actually using the latest and best in technology that's out there. You know, that brings me to a question I wanted to to run by you anyway, and that, that's how you're using these technologies to have societal impact. So these technologies can help with sustainability. That's one direction where we are actively working on leveraging these technologies to estimate the amount of carbon that's sequestered in soil. That is, 
using these technologies, a farmer can reduce their emissions because they know, like, for example, they're not using more chemicals than needed. They could be using good sustainable agricultural practices like regenerative agriculture, like reduced till. But not just that. Growers can use this technology to help increase the amount of carbon that's sequestered in soil. At a time when people have realized the importance of doing something for climate change, for reducing the amount of carbon emissions, agriculture can actually help provide a solution. Farmers can help put some of this carbon back into soil. So if you're thinking of companies who want to, uh, companies or organizations who are looking to reduce their carbon footprint, agriculture could provide a solution. And using technology, farmers can use these regenerative agricultural methods while still staying profitable, not reducing their profitability, and yet enabling a new income stream by putting carbon into soil. So that's one of the things which technology could enable. In addition to that, we are also at Microsoft, through Microsoft Philanthropies, we are looking to bring technology to the rural population, enable the skilling of the rural population. For example, uh, there is a skill gap where there are quite a few jobs, but there's not enough skilled population to fill those jobs. And with FarmBeats, one of the things we've done is we've created FarmBeats student kits. We've created partnerships with the FFA, with the 4-H, where we are working with these organizations and working with, for example, the FFA chapters to bring technology into the curriculum of high school students, even when they are in school, helping introduce them to the latest in technology so that when they graduate, they are fully skilled in all of these technology methods and they also know how would you apply this technology in agriculture. So on the social good side, we are working on sustainability, on rural skilling, on airband, which is about providing connectivity to rural areas. We are working on multiple directions to bring technology to the rural population in the U.S. and all over the world. And I wonder if the, the work with the FFA, the Future Farmers of America, is that helping to overcome that reluctance of this emerging generation to go into the field of agriculture? I think so. And I think as you showed what's possible with technology, more and more of the younger farmers will get excited to stay back in agriculture. In fact, when I talk to them, I tell them how with agriculture, you're seeing the latest in technology being applied to agriculture with artificial intelligence, Internet of Things, with cloud computing, edge computing, all of that, the latest is coming to agriculture. And some of the FFA students I've met, they've been so excited to be flying drones, to be using the latest in robotics in the farm. I think this exposure would help the next generation of farmers see the opportunities of what is possible by staying back in the farm. Like, for example, the agriculture industry is not going away. We all still need food. We, and in fact, the importance of growing good food, the importance of growing food in a sustainable way has never been more, uh, more visible. Now there is a, a bigger need for that. And technology can help address that. And this is an opportunity. The more of the next generation farmers, the more they see technology as a way to bridge that gap, the more entrepreneurial opportunities that exist. We see that more and more of the next generation farmers would stay back, would want to, in fact, contribute, either leverage this technology or invent new technologies to help agriculture be more sustainable, to help feed the world. 
I don't want to diminish or downplay the hard, hard work that is farming and and the seriousness of farming and the things we've been talking about. But I have to say that what you're talking about here sounds kind of fun. Yeah, and of course, all all of this is possible uh, as it builds on top of all the hard work that farmers do to ensure that all of us are getting good food. What are the focuses of your current research going on right now? Right now, we are continuing to push the boundaries of technology for digital agriculture to make it even more affordable for the growers. And one of the things, like, for example, we talked about how we are looking to bring down the cost using artificial intelligence, using new uh, connectivity technologies. But even then, the cost of a probe, a sensor probe in the farm is still a few hundred dollars. Like, for example, if you go look at sensors out there in the Internet, it will be a few hundred, even in some cases, a thousand dollars, which while for some farmers here, it's affordable. For a lot of farmers in the developing world, that still puts it out of their budget. They won't spend, like someone who's farming an acre or a couple of acres, they won't spend a few hundred dollars to put sensors in the farm. And this is where what we are doing with one of the things we are continuing to investigate is how do you bring down the cost of these sensors even more? How do you make sure that farmers can get data from the farm at an even lower cost? One of the ideas we've come up with is to leverage Wi-Fi to send soil. Like many farmers, they won't spend a few hundred dollars to purchase a new sensor, but then they have a smartphone, even though it is an inexpensive smartphone. If they have a smartphone, it has Wi-Fi. And one of the new technologies we have built is where you can use the time of flight of a Wi-Fi signal to estimate the soil moisture and soil electrical conductivity. So we are envisioning a future where anyone can go to a farm, any farmer who has a phone can just bring their phone close to soil and can get the information about what's happening in the soil, can actually drive around maybe in a bicycle, and then you have a map of what the farm looks like. So these are things, this is just one example, but we are continuing to invent new technologies to significantly bring down the cost of data-driven agriculture. We want farmers everywhere in the world to be able to get information about what's happening in their farm, things that they can see and things that they cannot see at a price point which they can afford so that once you get the data, you can then start bringing the benefits of artificial intelligence to every farmer in the world. The vision here is to democratize technology, democratize data-driven agriculture so that every farmer everywhere in the world can benefit from data and data-driven insights. Well, this has been so fascinating. Dr. Ranveer Chandra, the Chief Scientist at Microsoft Azure Global, thank you so much for taking time for us. Thank you, Tom. See you. Nice talking to you. This has been Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts.